Hello and welcome to another Source Property Podcast. Well done, you're on podcast number seven out of seven, all about assisted sales. And in this podcast, we're going to talk about whether you can manage the process of an assisted sale yourself. And with me, as always, on this series of assisted sale podcasts, I've got Abby Tomlinson from the Source Support Team. Hello, Abby. Hi, Chris. I can't believe this is the last one in the series. It's been really good fun recording them with you. I bet you're absolutely gutted, aren't you? Devastated. Thanks for telling me that you've enjoyed it so much. Maybe the next series of podcasts I'll put you on to as well instead of choosing another member of the support team. So thanks for the feedback. Uh, Let's see whether we do. So on this podcast, we're going to be talking about whether you can manage the process of of an assisted sale yourself. So let me just straight out of the gate ask you that question. Abby, could you manage the process of an assisted sale yourself? Yes, Chris, you can manage the process of an assisted sale yourself. Um, I know we're going to go into a bit more detail with that um, throughout the podcast. There are some things that would need to be outsourced, um, which are the legal documents, but we'll come on to that in a minute. I'm sure you're going to cover those. Yeah, because essentially, and I was asking you specifically, as in, could you manage the process of an assisted sale? Because absolutely you could, because you're in property, you know, the two different areas that you need to know about in order to manage that process. Now, let's break those two areas down and let's talk about them individually. First of all, there's the process as in the documents, as in the legality, as in getting all of those T's crossed, and the I's dotted. So take us again through that process for managing the, the contracts and all the paperwork that's needed for the assisted sale. So do that first, Abby. That needs to be outsourced to a solicitor, Chris. Um, obviously, you need to make sure that everything's in place. As you said, all the T's crossed and the I's dotted. So you've got the three documents, which we spoke about on the previous podcasts. You've got your RX1, your option agreement, and your restricted power of attorney, which obviously all protect yourself and the vendor throughout the process. So that when it comes to the end and you come to the selling of the property, everyone knows where they stand. There's not going to be any nasty surprises. Exactly right. It's the restricted power of attorney, the option agreement, and the RX1. Now, you can get hold of those documents fairly easily, can't you? You'll probably find them on Facebook groups for the option agreement and the the restricted power of attorney. And the RX1, you can just pick up from the gov.uk website here in the UK. But that doesn't mean that you should do that yourself because you are taking control over somebody's property, which is obviously a very expensive asset. So you need to make sure that you are going through a solicitor to make sure that you've got all of the different clauses and all of the different regulations taken care of in those documents to make sure that you don't fall foul of anything and that you can get through that whole process as smoothly as possible. And it is at that front end when you're organizing all these contracts and documents that you need to take into consideration all the different permutations of where that deal can go. And you need to make sure that you're considering them and you've got them accounted for in the document. So what happens if the person that owns the property moves back into it and they don't want to sell it? What happens if something else happens? And you can go through that with your solicitor, but you need to make sure that all of those circumstances are taken care of. Now, hopefully we explained that in the earlier podcast that the three documents that we have give you that power, give you that control, which mean that if anything does happen, you can still take charge and you can still get to the end of the process because you've got the power of those contracts. Now, that's the first part. That's like the legal, the documents, the paperwork process. The second part of this is the refurbishment. So when you're thinking whether you can manage the process of an assisted sale yourself, looking at the refurbishment, what are the things that you need to take into consideration for that, Abby? It depends on what the refurbishment requires. You know, it could be just a simple refurb just to spruce the property up um, if the owner doesn't have the funds to do that at the moment, and that's preventing the property from selling. 
it could be something a little bit more in depth, like structural issues, for example, underpinning, water damage, fire damage. So yes, you can absolutely manage the process of the refurb yourself, but you need to take into account your own skill set and whether you are actually going to do the works yourself um, in terms of actually manually doing them or whether if it's something more specialist, then you may need to get a specialist in to do those works and you manage the process of what they're doing. Here at Source in the Source Capital team, Derek has got a really great expression that I hadn't heard before. It's very northern, I think, uh, for a property that requires little work and just needs to be turned around and put back onto the market very quickly. And that's a tartan turn. And I think when you're looking at a property that just needs a tartan turn, and I've got an example of this, actually. One of my friends did an assisted sale in which they just needed to sort of take all the stuff out of the property, repaint it, re-wallpaper it, and then put it back on the market. And he actually made £20,000 from just doing that. Um, it, it really didn't take him a huge amount of time at all. And if it's something like that, then the majority of people can manage that kind of thing. Or at least they'll know a decorator. They'll know somebody that can come in and they can do that work for them. But you're absolutely right, Abby. If it's something that's a bit more specialist, then yeah, okay, you can get that person in to do it. But you need to outsource that work to make sure that that work is done properly. You might not want to do any work. And in that case, you can budget, you can make sure that you've got the funds in order to, to outsource everything, even if it is just decoration or painting or or whatever it is, you can make sure that you've taken care of that and you've budgeted for that in the calculator that you've put together before you decide to do that project. So if you are going to choose somebody to do the work for you, how do you choose that person? What do you need to look out for? And how do you do your due diligence on that tradesperson to make sure that the work they're going to do is, be, is going to be up to standard, first time, and it's going to come in on budget. So what would you do, Abby? Well, one of the massive benefits of being a franchisee with Sourced is that you've got our network of franchisees who you can ask for recommendations in the CRM system that you have access to as a franchisee, in the contact sectioning there. Many of our franchisees can recommend tradespeople to each other. And it's going to be so beneficial for you if you use someone that has already worked for another franchisee or another person in your network so you know that they're being recommended because they're going to do a good job so when it comes down to it can you do an assisted sale yourself can you manage that process of an assisted sale yourself absolutely but you should only do as much as you are a confident about and be skilled to do now, if you're not confident about it, but you have done some work in your own house before, but you don't want to do it in, in another house that you're looking to sell, by all means, outsource it. But the brilliant thing about this is not only is the whole process of an assisted sale quite compressed, but also you don't have to take on that assisted sale if you don't want to. If it requires you to do the job to make it financially viable and you don't want to, then don't do it. Just wait until you find another assisted sale where there's more of a margin where you can outsource that work and you're still going to make a healthy profit from it. So you've got full control over whether you take that project on and whether you do that work. You can work that into your plan when you're finding this assisted sale. So that's the end of our podcast series specifically about assisted sales. So thank you very much for listening all the way through these seven podcasts. We've broken it down and I think we've covered everything that is really, really important for you to consider when you're looking at doing the assisted sales strategy. I want to say a big thank you to not only Abby for being here throughout this series of several podcasts, but also to producer, our producer that's listened to every single minute of this, 
moniker. And there's been quite a lot of outtakes, especially from Abby's point of view. So there's been a lot of stuff to go through uh, and a big thank you to Mon. If you have any questions at all about assisted sales, then please get in touch with us. Come and ask us. If you want us to go into more detail about something, by all means do so and send that email over to podcast at source.co and we'll be happy to answer your questions there. But again, thank you very much for listening to this series about assisted sales. Look out for the next series, which is going to be about a completely different structure. So thanks very much for listening. Abby, thank you very much. Thanks, Chris. And uh, it's probably both of us with the outtake, so I'm not going to take all the blame for that. Absolutely untrue. But thank you for listening and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye.